So, um, just to say hello as the last and final speaker of today. So basically, it's me. I'm I'm standing between between you and you know the nice weather outside. So um, um, yeah, I said a slightly different focus um, in my research. So instead of focusing on uh, mobile students, I looked into mobile graduates. So I looked into those who moved to a different European country after they did their undergraduate studies in the UK. Um, and basically the big questions are who stays, who goes, what do they do there, and what kind of barriers do they experience. Um, so it's just some, some recent figures. I, I'm not going to go into details in them, I'll just leave them there. It's just that um, as we've discussed um, before today, um, that's quite a huge proportion of uh, undergraduate students and graduates these days also consider uh, going abroad to work or to uh, undertake their further studies. Um, mobility within Europe, uh, that's the area I focus on. Um, the, it's very much pushed, as we all know. Um, uh, as it strengthens the academical and cultural internationalization of European higher education. Knowledge transfer is always something that comes up. Like I've just said before, it extends the labor market for graduates. Um, personal development and employability. <coughs> I don't think I need to go into more details about that one. Um, Mobility within Europe is the new hallmark, uh, the hallmark of the new Europe, uh, European higher education area. But also, mobility is changing within Europe. There was a um, European study, um, FP7 funded, called Eurostars. I don't know if you know about that. And they actually found out that um, the um, human capital of mobile, of migrants within Europe, so inner European migrants, is actually higher than compared to that of the native population. So um, we actually see that mobility changes the European culture, the European um, population. Um, just a few uh, key uh, phrases, human capital, value added to education, continu continuity of process. So this is just to, to set the, um, the scene. Um, and so that goes to the big questions, who goes of the UK educated um, graduates from undergraduate courses? So how can the social composition of leavers be compared to those who remain in the UK? Then how do their career paths compare to those remaining in the UK? And also which benefits in terms of skills and knowledge and barriers do mobile UK educated graduates experience? And these are the, yeah the questions and I'm going to give you some answers you know based on our study. Um, don't know some of you might have heard of the future track survey. Um, it was a longitudinal re representative survey conducted by the Institute for Employment Research at University of Warwick. Um, we followed up all those who applied to higher education in 2006 and um, we followed them through their higher education and um, two to three years after the graduation. Um, in the last wave we had about 17,000 um, respondents 
and 7% of them moved to a different European country. Um, specifically, this study was also, uh, or my findings, findings here um, are also based on the qualitative follow-up study funded by the SRHE, um, in which we <coughs> looked into 12 um, UK educated mobile graduates. Yes. Just a very quick question. Did you only look at UK students or UK No, UK no we're, we're gonna we're gonna come to that okay, in a second. Sorry. No, we didn't. But um, yeah, sorry. important question. Not not only UK domicile, but UK educated. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So um, so basically, that's the um, the database. So we we're drawing on both the quantitative findings and the qualitative follow-up study. Um. To the first question, who goes? Just a simple log logistic regression exercise, comparing those who are mobile with those who are who stay in the UK after their degree, and um, looked into three different types of characteristics. We can see that personal characteristics play a role, higher education-related um, characteristics, variables take, uh, play a role, and their activities after their mobility. Not surprising, as we've heard before today, that those from higher social economic classes, those who studied at higher uh, reputable um, institutions were more likely to go abroad after their degree. Um, the second thing, these are the groups um, that we looked into. So we've got <coughs> UK movers, these are recruited by UK home students and then we've got European students which turn into returners because they're no longer students obviously, now they're graduates. Um, that's the largest group actually of those who go abroad, the returners, but they're only 43% um, of the whole European um, mobile graduates that we looked into. Second largest groups are UK movers, they were about 40%. Um, and the small group were other mobile graduates. These are basically either European students or uh, international non-European students who move in a, into a different country. So, say a French student studies in the UK and goes to Switzerland afterwards. So, um, the, now, what do they do there? Um, to explain that these are activity histories and you can see here a month following graduation so first month after graduation approximately 20% of UK stayers entered um, employment so I'm, I'm going to show you a few of these um, charts now and they're all kind of in the same way so you can see that um, if we first of all compare UK movers, UK domiciled graduates who moved to a different country with UK stayers, all who stayed in the, in the UK, um, you can see that their employment, uh, the proportion of them in employment is actually quite similar. Approximately 60% are in employment. Um, if we look at why, why, first of all, they increase so much, that's just a, um, a method in, 
imposed uh, movement because um, I'm starting the first month is actually May so the first three months are actually just you know they take a holiday or they you know just take some time <coughs> off most of the time employment will start in um, September compared to those two groups of UK graduates returners were less likely to enter employment and also the other mobile graduates so only about 40% of those enter employment uh, another slide to employment because we all know that employment is not equal employment you know we've got graduate employment non-graduate employment if we look into just this just refers to employed graduates again if we look at the UK status that's the dotted line on top approximately 45% of UK stayers are employed in non-graduate occupations for the whole time. You know, it doesn't change throughout. That's actually quite an important finding from the um, FutureTrack study as such, because say 10 years ago, um, a huge proportion entered non-graduate employment, but the proportion of them decreased over time because they tried to enter graduate employment. This hasn't been the case in um, with these this cohort of graduates the interesting bit now is similar to UK stayers are UK movers so again slightly less enter non-graduate employment but they remain in non-graduate employment throughout um, could be because they don't take their employment in a different country as important because quite often you, they see it as gap years as well and they just you know work because they want to support themselves they want to support their stay in a different country whilst they gain language skills or anything um, compared to that you can see with returners um, right after graduation of all those employed again about 45% enter non-graduate occupations but then they move into more skilled appropriate jobs okay so I'm moving away from employment now and just to see what what do the others do so unemployment in previous studies um, quite often it's been found that um, those who are mobile after their uh, graduation have prolonged periods of unemployment I couldn't replicate that you can see the unemployment is approximately the same of um, UK movers and returners when we compare that with uh, UK stayers. It's about 12% and then, don't know, goes down to 10%. Um, then what do they do then? Further study. We see, um, again, three to four months after graduation, approximately 30% of UK movers and UK stayers enter further study, slightly less. Again, higher proportion in further study, returners and other mobile graduates. So. Benefits of mobility. 
I don't want to go into that much details of um, you know what they said you know why they thought their mobility was important to us we've covered that quite a bit today just a few quotes which I found more to amuse you than uh, to actually um, tell you anything new about rethinking national culture um, one of the um, UK graduates so UK domiciled graduates who moved to a different country. She moved to Brussels and worked into a, um, uh, a charity there. She, she reflected on her own Englishness and I thought that was quite interesting how her mobility experience encouraged her to reflect her own ideas about her own culture. Um, well, mobility changed not quite personality, but I think more values and ways of interacting, social norms, and I'm much more aware now about the very, very British way of understatement and unspoken assumptions. And I mean little things, like I realized when I wanted a cup of tea, instead of saying, I'm going to make a cup of tea, I said, would you like a cup of tea or what to what whoever I was with? Because in the UK, if you say you would like a cup of tea, they would say, oh, that would be lovely. And then I go off and make them and me a cup of tea. There's a certain script, if you like, that you're used to. And I don't know if this is British or if that's my family or if, th if that's my religious background, but I'm sort of cut away the script, I suppose. So this has not changed who I am, but it changed how I express myself and how I interact with other people. So it's just, it helped them to reflect their personality. We've got other quotes as well, but I'm, you know, about how they reflect how European they actually are. I mean, we've we've spoken this morning about how, you know, how UK students were less likely to actually go abroad, but quite often, especially UK students, reflected on their Europeanisation. Um, so um, I think it was the same lady you know the one with the cup of tea and she had a boyfriend who was not uh, from a European country and she noticed how easier life was for her being European compared to him. Um, so a few words to the um, barriers. That's again based on our qualitative follow-up study. Um, what was shocking to us is even though we only interviewed 12 um, European mobile graduates, all of them experienced some kinds of barriers to their mobility. Some were um, more grave than others, but all of them experienced some um, barriers. Um, we classified them into barriers to further study or barriers to employment, and um, further classified them into general barriers which were um, kind of that they had to translate things that they struggled to um, organize themselves um, bureaucracy came into it these were these were usually the easy um, barriers the easy to overcome barriers um, admission to further study was a, a massive problem to many UK educated graduates um, just one quote again um, there was a lady and she, she first of all, sh she was a returner and she tried to find um, employment in the area where she came from um, and she just couldn't get 
she couldn't transfer the skills or she couldn't communicate the skills that she'd gained in the UK to employers in her area. One problem was also that um, where she came from, they'd only just introduced a bachelor master system. So employers were not familiar with a bachelor's degree, but also she had not only got a, a degree that they didn't know anything about, she'd also taken a degree in a different country. So she was kind of dubious and they'd rather take on someone you know, where they know exactly what to expect. And, but then she thought she'd do a master's. And um, so I thought I'd do a master's degree at my local university. And the combination of my UK bachelor's degree and a master's degree from the local <coughs> university should be fine. And then after I had applied, I got a letter from the local university. The letter stated that the UK university I studied at was not sufficient enough to allow me to study at a higher level at German university. And after she got rejected from that university, she applied to other universities. And then she says, they all said my degree from my university was not enough. So she then had to go on and she started another undergraduate degree, um, which was quite, I, I thought it was quite shocking as well. It, the funny thing is that these stories that we heard in the qualitative follow-up interviews are not reflected in the nice charts that I've shown you before, which are actually quite positive, aren't they? So. Um, Another example was about level of skills obtained. I've, um, I've told this story in, in the break earlier on. There was a, a student who took a, a degree in physics, then applied to his home university, or you know, not home university, where he came from, in, in Brussels. And uh, he applied for a master's, got in, but during the first year of his degree, he noticed that his level of math was not enough to, to follow the, the course. So he volunteered and he took the last year of his undergraduate degree at the Brussels University again. Um, so these are just, again, they're not representative, but we didn't select them as such. So again, moving to um, barriers to employment. The first point I think is quite obvious. Employers, admissions officers, lack of information. They just don't know what to expect, you know, from a from a UK educated graduate. They don't know. They know they, they they're probably able to speak English, but that's about it. They they need to be able to to transfer more the skills they gained. Um, another thing that was quite shocking to me was that in two cases it came up that the UK qualification was worth less than the qualification from the home university. So, um, as an example, um, it's a French graduate, um, and she says, if I had a job interview with a French person in front of me, they would always ask me why I did not even considering study in France. The original idea would be I was not good enough to get into one of the French schools. And then she describes a, a failed job interview. It basically made me realize that I should not even try to get in, into any job in France. My profile doesn't fit into the system anymore, so I don't even bother trying. She then moved on to, um, to Switzerland and um, she's did a yeah, she enrolled herself in a further study there as well. 
Um, lack of networks is pretty obvious as well. Um, so my interpretation is now that coming back to these nice lights that um, even though graduate students actually experience lots and lots of barriers they manage to gain the skills to not to 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 actually find employment somewhere else then or to find you know like like the French lady right now she didn't find a job in France but with her mobility capital, with her skills that she gained beforehand, she said, oh, well, we'll move to Switzerland. They speak French there as well. So, um, <laughs> so it's kind of the, they learn to adapt themselves to the situations. Um, so just as a summary, again, mobility is changing Europe. Um, Mobile graduates come from the higher socioeconomic uh, classes and have graduated from the higher, highest tariff HEIs. Postgraduate mobility is employment driven for UK movers and education driven for returners. UK movers are less likely to be employed compared to UK stayers, but if they are employed, they're more likely to be employed in a graduate job. Um, compared to previous findings, that was the stuff with um, <coughs> unemployment. That they are, we, didn't, we couldn't replicate previous findings that um, returners are actually more likely to be unemployed than, um, than stayers. Um, benefits of mobility. Um, but then what we found, these barriers that were really shocking to us, and I think further research is, is, is needed, desperately needed to see how representative our findings are. Like I said, the, they're only based on 12 um, mobile graduates, but still they were quite shocking. Um, and I've only you know, quoted a few um, examples. Um, research was sponsored. The first part of these findings have been, has already been published in the, um, the journal that Helen mentioned this morning. So this, was, this, this is the one that came out in July 2014. Yeah, that one. And um, me and my colleague, we've written another paper specifically on the skills and barriers. And then there's another one on the early career path. Both of them are currently under review. But um, if you're interested in them, just send me a quick email. I'm happy to pass them on. Thank you. Thank you.